Welcome to The Heartbeat. I am so excited for today's episode. It was postponed and scheduling was crazy for months trying to get this uh, interview scheduled. But, you know, 2020, lots of changes, lots of shifts, and we learned to ride the waves. (laughs) But um, I've been wanting to talk with Sylvester for quite some time because I love his work and what he's doing on social. If you don't know him, he is a poet, an author, an eight-time best-selling author in the middle of writing another book as well. We kind of talk about that in today's episode. And this one's for all of you artists, all you creators, um, because I was asking him more so about his journey, his path, what it's like for him to create, especially at his quote-unquote level. And we got into a lot of amazing topics and also interesting conversations. So I'm really excited to present this episode for you guys. In the meantime, before we do get started, just a few short updates. If you haven't joined the Heart Gang Facebook group, make sure you do it. We're going to be doing tarot card pulls, sound bath healings, uh, free workshops all the time. So be sure to join. Just go to Facebook and search Heart Gang and request to join there. Also, if you haven't checked out dark72.com, what you doing? It's a three-day immersive journey. I don't even want to say challenge, even though it is challenging. It's a journey. But it ain't your basic five-day challenge. (laughs) Let's just say that. The results have been absolutely mind-blowing. Still, you guys are sending me DMs on the weekly of just like how it's changing your life. Keep it coming Thank you so much for keeping me in the loop and letting me know. Um, It means a lot to me, seriously. And I love this community. You guys rock. Just the love that you're showing me on the daily, um, on DMs, on Instagram, means a lot. There's lots more coming uh, down on YouTube, so be sure to follow there. That's enough of my shameless plugs (laughs) for all the details on me. If this is your first time, go to heartguy.com. And yeah, I'm just really excited. Get out a piece of paper and a pen. Create, maybe. Draw, write. Take some notes on this one because we had a pretty awesome convo and that's what we do around here is just real, raw, and honest conversation. So without further ado, this is my conversation with Sylvester McNutt III. You're listening to The Heartbeat. started back in middle school really started in middle school I had all these thoughts in my head uh, stories quotes I was very very I was a very observant kid and I would just observe people's behaviors I would observe body language I would observe tone I became uh, almost obsessed with communication like the actual study of communication yeah. um, without knowing that it was a study and I was very curious on learning learning it. So I use my notebook as a way to help me kind of help me observe human behavior. And I would just take notes. I would take a lot of notes on uh, my day to day, what I would see, what I would learn. And I just built this habit of journaling every day of getting in my notepad every day and taking notes on things that were interesting to me or um, that sparked some type of curiosity in me. And I think as that morphed, as I, as I got a little bit older into high school, I got into different formats of expression. 
Uh, so I got into writing songs. I got into writing poetry. I got into writing short stories and my desire to read a lot more stories, to watch movies now like that. That really was birth in high school. I really, really got into movies in high school. And it wasn't just, hey, let me sit down for an hour, watch a movie to be entertained. It really was. I want to watch this movie because I'm looking at it in a deeper way. I'm looking at uh, the character's arc. I'm looking at the hero's journey. I'm looking at the conflict. I'm looking at the villain. Like uh, I remember before I was born there, you know, Star Wars was a big thing. But when I was in high school, they re-released the like the next three in the in the yeah, yeah, yeah. in the saga. And I didn't know, you know, I I didn't know Star Wars was a thing. So when everyone was hyped about it, I was so curious. I'm like, why is everyone into this to this story? Mm. Um, and so then I saw how well that story was was written and how deep those characters are written. And I just mm-hmm. and then I started to understand what I really liked in high school was uh, wrestling, WWF. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I was really into like the storylines of like The Rock. Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, The Undertaker, Kane, you know, um, Degeneration X. Like these guys just had like these immaculate storylines and they just had this drama and conflict. And the thing that I really liked is they figured out how to play on our emotions to get us invested in these stories. And I was always into that. I was always just curious, like, how do you do that? You know, how do you get people interested in a story, in an idea, in a concept? And so it was really when I was young, like my curiosity for this uh, storytelling, if you will, really became uh, essentially a part of who I was. And as I got to college, it got a lot more developed. I studied communications in college. So in college, that's when I really got to practice the skills. That's when I, uh, I had speech classes. I had writing classes. I got to really understand how communication works. We learned the communication model. We learned the psychology of communication. And it really, in colleges, when it really got refined to the point where I felt like I could then share what I've learned with others and express what I've learned with others. And, and so for the first you know, 20 years of my life, it was just pure curiosity, learning, absorbing information. Yeah. And then when like I got you, out, of, it was like you doing that just for yourself, really. Cause you were so curious. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. yeah, it really what it was. And then when I got out of college, it was, I still wasn't at the point where I was, Hey, like, Hey, let me share this. Let me share this. It was, it was still an intrinsic thing that I had. Mm-hmm. But what happened for me was my brother was at my house one day and he saw a stack of notebooks that he had never seen before. And I had about 25 notebooks and they were filled front to back. Like, you know, if you get a notebook that, you know, the, the notebooks you're using in high school and college, yeah. there's 80 pages on them. And I had them filled front to back. Wow. And, uh, you know, it's got the blue lines, the red lines. There's like 33 mm-hmm. blue lines. And I had them all filled. Every line was written on. <laughs> and he's like, dude, what is he's like, what is this? What what's what is all of this? And of course, I tried to just play it off. I'm like, oh, don't worry about that. That's none of your business. Just stop it. Go Go over there, you know. <laughs> but he kept pushing. He's like, no, what is this? Like, what is it? What is it? And then I told him, I said, well, you know, these are my stories. These are my notes. These are my poems. I got songs in there. And um, he's like, well, read me something. And I was like, OK, well, sure. So I read him one of the essays that I had written. And um, 
this is after college, by the way. This is after college. Okay. We had just started. Um, we've been about a year into our quote unquote professions. Mm-hmm. And um, I read him one of my essays and he goes, dude, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, huh? what do you what do you mean? <laughs> he goes, why haven't you shared this with anybody? Why? How, how come? How come no one knows about these 24 notebooks? And uh, I'm just like, I don't know. It just it wasn't for anybody. It was for me. And the words he said to me, I mean, changed my life. He said, and I'm quoting him because I remember this day vividly. This was in 2010. And he said, uh, you're doing the world a disservice if you don't share your ideas. And that was it. That's all he said. And when he said that, I just sat there and I reflected and I thought about it. And I agree with him. I said, you know what? You're right. I'm going to figure out a way to share my ideas. And that was the genesis of it when, as it became more of a quote unquote professional thing, as it transitioned from a hobby to more of a profession, it was that moment. Mm-hmm. Was So I know for a lot of people sharing their gifts or their their poetry, their art is there's a lot of anxiety around it. Like, was that, was that your case? Like when you were like started to share it, was there a lot of like fear of what people were going to think? Or did you just say like, no, this is amazing. And you just put it out. What was that like? No, there was no anxiety. I have, I, I would say I have more anxiety about it now than I did then. And really, you know, now I'm, I'm an eight time bestselling author and, I have a huge uh, readership now. The reason I would say I have more of that now is because there's expectation now. Mm-hmm. You know, back yeah. then, no one knew me. Nobody knew me. Nobody knew my work. So me sharing my work was no big deal. It's like, mm-hmm. eh, whatever. You guys don't know me anyway. So <laughs> I'm just going to I'm just going to share it. Well, now there's expectation. Like I have my book care package. Uh, it has eight eight hundred five star reviews on Amazon. So now I have to live up to my own expectations that I've set. I have to live up to the expectations that, you know, my readers expect. They're going to expect a certain level of writing. They're going to expect a certain level of of book of a book. You know, I have courses out. They expect a certain level of production with the courses, mm-hmm. you know. And right. so now I think there's more of a, a of a of an anxiety. Um, but at the start, you know, most people are at the start of their journeys. That anxiety you feel. Well, I don't want to I don't want to discredit it and tell you, you know, it's not real. Ignore it. I, I don't want to say any of that, because if you feel it, you feel it. I think you should acknowledge it. Uh, but I, what I want to say is it, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, if you feel called to do something or if you feel like you want to do something, you feel like you want to share. Uh, you feel like you're in a bar and you see a girl and you you want to introduce yourself. You want to ask her out. You want to have a drink. You know, the anxiety is a normal thing. We have to learn to associate with it as, hey, this is a normal feeling, but I'm still going to try anyways. Yeah, I'm I'm scared that this girl may reject me. I'm still going to go over there and ask her anyways. You know, I'm scared that if I put my songs out, people might not listen. I'm still going to do it anyways because I'm feeling I'm feeling called to do it, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what I want people to really do. Like, ask yourself, what's more important? You paying attention to your fear or you paying attention on what you're called to do? Mm. Amen. And for you, I feel like it was your, your calling started out as curiosity and you just nourished it for years um, and kind of followed that passion. 
and then you you also mentioned how it evolved as you started sharing. Can you tell me a little bit like about that process of like was it the topics of what you were sharing changed or maybe your style? Well, I think style is an ever evolving thing. You never right. have the same style. You always you always evolve. You know, when I was younger, I wanted a sports car. I wanted to go, you know, I wanted to do the dash. I wanted to go 140, risk getting speeding tickets. I'm weaving in and out of lanes on the freeway, just like every other young 20 something with a, a, a sports car. Right. Now I drive a luxury Lexus and I'm not driving like that. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking my time. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. you know, your style changes over time. Right. Uh, and I think a lot of people overthink about that. Like, what is my style? What is my voice? What is, what is me? But my mindset on it is you just need to develop a relationship with practice. That's it. Just practice, just practice, practice, practice. And all of that other stuff will take care of itself. And that, I think that's why I don't have much anxiety with art or with work. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just truly believe it'll take care of itself as long as you just practice and continue to learn. Right. Keep putting it out. What what's new in your space right now? Uh, I have a son. I have a son. I became a father this year at the beginning of the year. Mm, that's amazing. Yeah. So just learning how to do that, which wow. from a guy's perspective, it you honestly feel useless at the beginning because, you know, son or daughter will just need mom and need um uh, to be nursed, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you can't do that. So you instantly feel useless. You're like, well, what am I here for? <laughs> like, yeah. um, so that was interesting, like dealing with those feelings of like almost inadequacy for a second, mm-hmm. but then it shifts because then you understand like, well, what my son needs from me now is presence. He needs to see me smile. He needs to see me laugh. He needs to he needs to see that I hold him. He needs to feel my skin. He needs to feel my, my energy, you know, right. and it's, it's a really cool experience to shift from through those emotions, you know, as you, at least in my experience, you know, I can't speak for everyone. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're really, uh, self-aware and emotionally wise, I, I feel. So navigating that with yourself, like, you said it was at the start of the year, right? Yep. The start yep. of the year, yeah. So you, it's been a, sh- a quick shift, I feel, to go shift those things. Yeah. That's such a gift, though. Man, like having a child. Can't wait for that day for myself, that's for sure. <laughs> Take your time. You got to pick yeah. the right girl. That's the key. That's for sure. Got to pick the sure. right girl because the 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 woman that you have kids with has a lot of power in your life. Um, and, um, got to make sure you pick the right woman to have kids with. Can't just, I mean, look, we're going to talk about sex for a second. I know sex is great. I know it's hard to get out sometimes, but you have to think about who this woman is that you're going to potentially have a kid with. Anytime you have sex, you got to think about that. And, um, you don't want to make that mistake. That's, that's one thing I always knew. In high school, because I, I saw people getting pregnant in high school and I'm, right. I am just used to say to myself, like, dude, you're 17, like you're 18. It's, it's too it's too early for that, you know, not judging, like not shaming. But right. just for my life, I'm like, no, there's no way I could do that. Like, mm-hmm. I need to vet. <laughs> I need a vetting <laughs> process here because right. 
So take your time. Make sure you vet. Make sure you pick the right woman to have kids with. Because here's the thing. Your relationship with her may not last forever. And mm-hmm. that's okay if it does or doesn't. Right. But you will always have a relationship with her because she'll be the mother. You'll be the father. So what's really important, at least to me, is what type of skill sets, like from a interpersonal communication style, what, what type of skill sets does this person have? Mm-hmm. Because let's say our relationship doesn't work out. Are we going to have the skills where we can have the cohesiveness to raise this kid uh, in environments that are going to be safe and environments that are going to produce a healthy individual? To me, that's that's the goal of having a kid, to produce a healthy individual. Mm-hmm. And if we're at war, if I'm at war with mom, how am I going to have a healthy kid? Mm -hmm. So true. So I'm sure that you sat on that for a while or did you just kind of know when you met her? Um, I think, I think both, I think there's a little Mm -hmm. duality of both. Mm Mm-hmm. The very first night I met her, we talked about having kids. We literally wow. talked about it. not not together, but we just yeah, talked about yeah, kids, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, I picked her brain on the subject. She picked my brain on the subject. We we just talked about it. It was a very loose, fun conversation. It wasn't like pressure or stress. It was just very loose and fun. And um, we were having drinks, of course, first date, just you know, just talking, and um, it was a good conversation. And then I don't think we talked about it again for like two years after that. And and then it came up again. But, you know, people always make comments when you're dating someone. You always make comments like, man, if we have kids, you know, like you would always have those type of comments. And then maybe like two years in, that's when I said, "Uh, you know what? I think I could have kids with her because she just has the qualities that I will want in a mother. Like I will want my kid to have in a mother. Mm-hmm. Like she has those qualities and right. that's what made it. That's what made it really kind of really easy, uh, a really easy choice for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause I know that's definitely a big step and, and holding it in that way and making sure that you sit with the character traits and also the environment that the child will be brought up in is really important. So I think a lot of people are like, Oh, I just want kids. They don't really take in the, the, that stuff into consideration is really important for, you know, nurturing a healthy child. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I love that. So new kid, I mean, what else is in your space? You working on anything like any work related stuff? More yeah. Work? So, um, so I have eight books out now. My last mm-hmm. book for your energy came out in, what was that? Uh, May of last year. And I've been, Pretty much since I put that out, I've been working on a project called Loving Yourself Properly. And essentially what it is, is me putting my spin and my philosophies on, you know, how to implement self-love. Mm-hmm. It It's popular these days to say, love yourself, love yourself. And it has been, right? But more important than telling someone, hey, love yourself. How? Show me how. Tell me how. Give me a framework for doing that. Mm-hmm. And essentially, that's what I'm doing um, in the book is trying to build a framework through my philosophies and, and, and um, 
others as well and combining them together to just build this framework that is simple, easy to understand, um, that can help us develop self-love, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I just see that as something that is crucial for not only this time period, but just just forever for our human existence. It's something we need. Yeah, it's needed. If I think people are like, oh, yeah, like you mentioned it. Oh, yeah, love yourself. But people don't know how <laughs> sometimes, you know, and that practicality is really important. So I love that you're diving into that. Yep. And that's that's what I'm working on now. So. I couldn't give you a timetable yet. Um, I'm a self-published author, so I like to I like to take my time. I do like mm-hmm. to have a sense of urgency, but I also like to take my time with the product. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't have any corporations or anything backing me, so it's just me. Mm-hmm. I got to make sure that the product is up to par. Like especially, like I said, like I have expectations now. People, <laughs> people yeah. won't let me just put out anything. Like it, it does need to be high quality. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, how long have you been working on it? So I started, you know, so the Free Your Energy book came out in May. So that means I I was done with it for probably a month or two before it came out. So March. So I started this book right when I finished. So it would have been about March, March of last year. So about a year and a half I've been working on it. Nice. Yeah, that's it's it's got to be an amazing process for you, especially with your mind and how you view the world I, I feel, especially in terms of communication. Like how, how does it feel when you're writing? Because I just want to like get in your mind for a second because, uh, this is like not only a, a passion of yours, but you've built it into a skill. I'm glad you said that. Cause I don't think most people realize that. I don't think mm-hmm. most people, re- the advice of, Hey, follow your passions. I, I don't think that's good advice mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. I think what this is what I always tell people. You have to understand that there's two. There's a duality here. There's two different worlds. There's a world full of things that you are good at, great at, and that you can improve. And then there's a world of things that you love. Mm -hmm. And the idea of, hey, do what you love, follow your passions. That alone is not good advice. I, I think it's. I think it's a good starting point, but that alone is not good advice. I love watching NFL games. I love watching NBA games, but I'm not making a livelihood out of that. I love even talking with my friends about sports and, you know, arguing over who's a better player or who's a better team or we'll we'll be watching a game and I'll say, oh, this rotation is awful. Why is this coach putting this person in? This coach needs to be fired. You know, just like any other guy does. I do that too. Mm -hmm. And that's something I love doing, but that's not a skill. I don't know anything about that. I'm I'm going to look, I'm a Chicago Bears fan. I'm going to this year, I'm going to have headaches every Sunday when they play. <laughs> and I'm going to be talking about it and I'm going to say do this, put this person in, run yeah. the ball, throw the ball, but that's not my skill. That mm-hmm. that head coach, he knows way more about football than me. Way more. Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. but what my skills are, the skills that I'm good at or great at that I can practice and work on is the skill of oration which I studied that I studied public speaking. I studied how to actually be a sports journalist and actually call a game. Right. I studied how to write essays, how to write long form content. I studied how to structure a television show or a movie or a book or a podcast, how to actually structure it from 
a storytelling perspective to bring someone's interest in, right? Start with an attention getting sentence or an opening scene to get attention, to bring them into a story, to take them through the arc, the climax, the you know, all that. Mm-hmm. So I studied all of that and I practiced all that and it's a skill. And that's what I want people to understand is that you do have passions in life, but you also have skills. Mm-hmm. And sometimes both of them can work together and that can be your career. But it also doesn't have to be. You know, if I was working the corporate job I was in, I was doing sales before I before I finally quit and just became an author full time. If I was still working in sales, I would be happy with that. I would be fine with that because. Hold on. Well, let me explain. Let me let me add something onto that. I would be okay with that as long as I still also got my books out and became an author, Mm. because both of those are in my wheelhouse as far as my skills go. My passion is not to sell. I don't I don't really care about sales per se. You know, that's not necessarily my passion. It's something I'm good at, but it's not necessarily my passion. But really, the products and the books, the courses, the public talk speaks that, uh, excuse me, the public talks that I've done, that's a skill and it's something I'm passionate about. So I got really fortunate there. So I just want people to think about that. You know, your passion may not pay you. It may not be your job, but you can still do it. And your skills also may not be your job. You know, we, we have to, we have to like break up with this idea that you get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's really present in like I'd say probably the past 15ish years or so of just like do what you're passionate about and make a career out of that and you know monetizing your passion and all that stuff. And I agree with you like 100% cuz some people's passion maybe is like they ha- they have a good job or they like their job and they don't and they have passions doing other things and they're content there. And when you place this this, I guess, uh, there's pressure from the outside of like, oh, monetize your passion and do what you're passionate about. It then creates this like, oh, well, I, I'm not happy. I should be doing something else when you were actually happy in the first place. You know, one of my friends, he's a perfect example of this. He he works in IT. Mm-hmm. Now, IT is not necessarily his passion, but it is a skill that he has and he actually has a high income. He has a very high income because of what he does in IT. Mm -hmm. His passions are doing yoga every day. His passions, he has a garden. So his passions is getting in his garden uh, and growing his fruits, growing his vegetables. Mm -hmm. He doesn't make any money from yoga. He doesn't make any money from his garden. But that's what he's genuinely passionate about. He doesn't hate his job. He doesn't Mm -hmm. even love the job. It's a job that he's skillful at. And I feel like he's the perfect example of that. He's a person who is in touch with his passions. He makes plenty of time for it, but he makes no money from it. And, you know, he has a great life. I have a friend who's in the NBA. I'm not going to say his name, but I have a friend who's in the NBA and he's not passionate about being an NBA at all, Mm. at all. But his skill (laughs) is he's really tall and he can put the basketball in the hoop. So he does that. Yeah. So for me, uh, the process of writing a book, where it starts is with an idea. And so with this book, Loving Yourself Properly, the idea was everyone says love yourself. But what what the hell does that even mean? How do we how do we teach that to someone? How do we teach that to someone where they 
they can remember it forever and instill it in their life. And then also knowing that everyone has a different life and that they're going to need to hear different perspectives or different stories. And the way it happened is I was talking to one of my friends. She lives in Florida. And uh, she was telling me about her boyfriend and all their problems, uh, which I didn't want to hear at the time. And I just remembered saying to her, you know, I don't really want to hear this. And she was like, no, 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 you need to hear this. Let me tell you, like, you need to hear this. You need to hear this. And she just kept she would not let me end the conversation. I'm just like, no, I don't, I don't want to hear this because it was just drama. It was just low vibrational. But she's right. I did need to hear it because what I ended up saying to her, and this actually is a line in the book, too. I said, you know what? You don't have relationship problems with this guy. You know what you have? She says, what do I have? I said, you have self-love problems. Mm -hmm. She goes, really? I says, yeah. I said, the problems you have with him aren't even problems you have with him. These are problems that you haven't fixed within yourself. You you will have these problems with every guy you ever date. If me and you were dating, you would have these problems. And I said, so what you got to do is you got to work on these little issues that you have. You got to work on the internal. And she said, well, teach me. I started writing a book that night when I got off the phone. Wow. <laughs> wow. And that, that was for this next book. Yep. That's the, yeah. the one that uh, I'm working on next. So you did need to hear it, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I did. I did need to hear it because if I didn't hear it, I wouldn't have had the the spark. Right. Wow. I love that so much. And so again, like going through the process of writing, what is that like? How does that feel for you? So at first, it's you are kind of overwhelmed with the idea because you don't you don't really know like you don't have the whole book in your head you just have an idea of in this situation like you know with her i said well damn i i, I could teach her that you know mm -hmm. so the very first thing you do at least in my and the way i write is i just write a little outline mm -hmm. of what i think it'll look like and the outline that you start with is it, the book never ends like that it never ever ends with the outline you started never so your first outline is really just to help you go from, hey, I have this idea, and then you make it tangible by making the outline. That's it. You just want to make it real. You just want to make it tangible. You want to make it something you can touch. So you get the outline, and everyone has a different writing process. So for me, I'll, I like to write 500 to 1,000 words per day. It's kind of like mm -hmm. what I like to do, but... I've actually kind of shifted away from the word minimum and I kind of, I really like a time minimum. So I really like 90 mm -hmm. minutes a day at a minimum. Mm -hmm. The reason why I went away from writing a word minimum is because sometimes you may not, you may not have 500 words in you. You may have a really, really good, potent hundred words. Yeah. I would rather have a potent hundred words than a thousand words of fluff. Mm -hmm. So what I did was, and, and, and this book taught me this, you know, and not, like I said, I'm on my, this would be my ninth book. Mm -hmm. But what I used to do, like I said, is I would write for words. I, I had times where I would write 4,000 words. I had times where I would do 2,000 words a day. Wow. Now I'm at a point where it's, hey, I'm going to sit down for two hours, 90 minutes, 
And in those two hours and 90 minutes, it is the phone is off. The office door is locked. No one can talk to me. No one can contact me. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on YouTube. It's literally the most concentrated, locked in, focused writing. Mm. And I found, I found that for my experience, that's the best way to write, to lock in, turn the distractions off, make sure, make sure I'm, I ate already, make sure I'm good. So I'm not hungry, not worried about anything and just lock in no distractions. I feel like if you come out with one sentence or 10,000 words it's going to be potent, it's going to be sharp and it's going to be content that you can work with. And so what I'll do is I'll do that pretty much every day. Some some days I can't because so what happens is as an entrepreneur, you wear more hats than just one hat. You have to wear uh, multiple different hats. And I know you know this, but you wear multiple different hats. So this year I went through an expansion in my business where I've had to hire people because there's been things that there's been too many things that I had to do that take me away from writing, writing. LeBron James says the best. Keep the main thing, the main thing. The main thing for me is to write, to work on my books, everything else Although it is necessary for my business, is it is a distraction from that. So what happened for me this year is I I went like two weeks without working on the book, and it wasn't because I didn't have the desire, I didn't have the ideas. It's because I had other things in my business that needed attention. Mm -hmm. Plus, obviously, being a father, plus being having COVID, like it just there was just so much happening. So instead of in life, you have the ability to expand or you can restrict yourself you can you can you can go big or you can come back small you can do what you know you can do you have a choice there mm -hmm. so instead of restricting myself and coming back small i said you know what i need to expand so i need to hire people so i already had an assistant i gave her a bigger role i had um i used to edit all my videos by myself i hired a video editor I used to structure all my content by myself. I got help from someone to now help me do my content, to help do things for me. Mm -hmm. So I expanded, I expanded my team uh, because I wasn't able to get back to just writing the way. When I first started out, you could just write every day. Boom. You just write, write, write. But as your business grows, that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to expand and you're going to have to let go of that need to control that you're going to have to let go of that. Oh, well, I can do this. I'm the, no, no, no. You need to empower other people to do it. You can get help. Like there's people who want to help you. You just need to allow the help. So I had to go through that for a few months. And now I'm at a really good point where I'm, I feel like I'm back to where I can just write every day. Mm -hmm. And again, that's what I was talking to you about, about the practice. Every day I write is not good. Some, some of the days it's, it's, it's just awful. Like I'll look at it and I'll just say, damn, did I write this? This is horrible. <laughs> But then like the very next day you read it, you read the next thing you wrote and you're like, wow, I'm the best writer of all time. This is great. <laughs> this is just, this is great. Like, and that, that can be a Monday and Tuesday as a writer, mm -hmm. literally. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now uh, I go through the outline, but you do that process a few times. You write an outline and then you write what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what comes to mind. There is a research um element as well too. At least for me, since I'm writing about, personal development, I do like to fact check some of the things I say. 
So I'll look into, obviously I have a library myself here of books that I use as reference, but then I'll look on, on sources, different sources, like let's say psychology today. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm talking about, you know, a psychological process we have, I'll go on psych psychology today and then I'll read, I'll end up reading for about an hour or two hours, reading different articles, reading different books. So writing really is a process of writing and reading together. It's kind of, it's kind of one thing if to me, if you ask me, mm -hmm. you know, so some days I won't do any writing, but I'll be reading and I'll be gathering information that I know in my brain, I'm going to put into the book. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. And you're just bringing yourself to it every day in that time slot. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's really important to note, like what you mentioned about one day might be really good. And one day might you're like, wait, did I do this? Has <laughs> definitely yeah. been, yeah, my experience as well. Um, and, and, and like having the time in the game that you've had in terms, and then also like, eight best-selling books and like not a lot of people can understand what that feels like or is even like to reach that level of craftsmanship you know and so like where you're at with it right now and the level of skill you have yet you're still bringing yourself to it every day and practicing the basics yeah well i don't think i'm that good that's that, mm -hmm. i think that's what drives me is i don't yeah. think i'm any good so you know my book, my next book or my care package book, like I said, it has over 700 reviews on Amazon. It's, yeah. it's very, by the end of the year, they have a thousand reviews, five star reviews. Right. I, when I wrote that book, I couldn't even imagine that concept. I couldn't really? even imagine it. Yeah. I was actually surprised because I haven't checked it in a few months. Mm -hmm. And, um, someone on my team told me to check. They said, Hey, you should go check the uh, reviews. I said, okay. So I logged in last week and checked. The last time I saw, I was at 500 reviews. That was in the middle of the summer. Mm -hmm. Then I checked and I'm like, 750 reviews. This is like, I thought it was fake. So I started refreshing the page. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? Like, how did this happen? And the thing is, I don't think I'm that good. I don't know any writer who actually thinks that they're good. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe some do. I don't. I don't think I'm that good. You know, and mm -hmm. like I said, for me, it's about practice. Like, I'm using. I'm using every book as a platform to practice. I'm using every book as a platform to get better as a writer, to try to apply what I learn about writing. Um, also, you know, I do look up some of the content I look up is literally how to become a better writer. I just I was in California this week and I stopped at the book, the bookstore and I bought a book called um, I haven't read it yet. I, I just got it. Um, I think it's called the art of storytelling or how to tell a better uh, yeah. story. And uh, yes, yeah, the art of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, someone on the outside would look in and say, well, this dude, I mean, he has a huge platform. He has eight bestselling books. He, you know, only 1% of authors can live off of their words. And I'm, I'm in that 1% where I can, I, I don't have to do anything else. Mm -hmm. Someone may look at that on the outside and say, well, he's good. Like, why, why would he, buy a book on storytelling it's because i don't think that i'm that good and i think that if and that's not to shame myself that's not to you know put myself down it's just me being honest mm -hmm. like i've seen great writing i don't think i'm great <laughs> mm -hmm. that's just that's just that's just my perspective so for yeah. me 
the way I respect the game is practice, stay committed to that, stay committed, stay dedicated, practice daily, continue to learn, continue to read, continue to stay invested in trying to get better. I feel like I owe the game that as long I feel like as long as I give the game that as long as I respect the game, um, when I'm done with this. I'll have closure because I feel like I gave it my best. That's all I want. I just want to know that I gave it my best. I gave it the best effort I could give it. I tried to learn the most that I could. And I tried to be unique within my own power, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And bro, like I feel you're doing it. Putting in the te- you're putting in the time. You're continuously learning and building your craft and your skill set. Like, yeah, just as a reflection, you're you're showing up as your best right now. So, I appreciate that. Dude, definitely. Well, thank you so much for jumping on and just this convo. It's been amazing just to hear your process and uh, kind of just how this has evolved from you. Like, where can people find out more about you and the upcoming book and everything? Yeah, so definitely on every social media platform. I, th- I think it's up to you. Uh, you know, whatever type of content you really like, I do produce. So, for example, if you're a podcast person, I have uh, the Free Your Energy podcast streams on all the platforms. And over there, uh, we like to do probably do three episodes a month, sometimes four. Um, mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's like your podcast. We try to do long form, just genuine, authentic conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that as well as, you know, if you want to get the dopamine hits, obviously, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook that. I can serve you there. My my name is Sylvester McNutt, just like on the show notes. Real name. That is my real name. That's not a pen name. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so you can find me there. Um, anyone interested in the work, I would I would encourage you to visit my website, SylvesterMcNutt.net. Uh, I do essays. I usually drop an essay once a week. I usually try to do a thousand word essay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have a newsletter as well. I'm always sending out good things to my newsletter once once a week. I never miss, never ever miss. I, I drop a newsletter every Monday. I never, li- I never, never miss. Uh, it's very important. The newsletter is very important to me. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a YouTube. I have a YouTube as well. So as far as content, whatever you like, I'm there. You just, <laughs> you just have to type my name, and I'm there. I love it so much, bro. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the release of this book. I know you said you didn't have a timeline on it and i totally respect that man but i'll be keeping my eyes out for sure i appreciate it let's let's aim for november let's aim for november all right let's do it (laughs) thanks again so much man for your time and i really appreciate you thank you of course for everybody tuning in all of his links are going to be down below in the show notes as always put some heart into everything that you do today